there was a guy in a like a silver and blue leotard um peeing mm. in the urinal and I, I didn't think too much of it until he went up to the sink and washed his hands and then put his glove on gloves on and then pulled the mat the silver mask down over his face and it wasn't mm. until that exact moment i realized he was cosplaying as pepsi man and i was so fucking jized to see somebody cosplaying as pepsi man except we were seeing him in the exact only context in which it is not acceptable to ask to have your picture taken with somebody. And all I wanted to do was get a picture with Pepsi Man, who we saw as soon as we entered Comic-Con, and I couldn't, because he just came from the, the Pepsi can. And I, I, I don't know, so if you're out there, Pepsi Man, if you could send me some shots in front of a green screen that I could some Photoshop toilet, myself into. Some toilet into. shots of you eight, in your Pepsi Man costume using toilet. Um, I think we could make a lot of money together, bud. Hit me up. <laughs> Anyway, we saw Pepsi Man. Good game. <laughs> it was the first infinite runner. Yeah. No, I know. Do you know that there was actually another person in the bathroom and you just didn't see them? Because they were Crystal Pepsi Man. Okay. <laughs> okay. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and my game of the month's all right. It's just okay, My though. name is Chris Plant, and I, I already know that I won this month. <laughs> my name is Ross Frostick, and I know the best game of the week. And I also want to say, if you happen to hear Tom Petty playing on the background, that's not me playing music by accident. It's actually Tom Petty who is warming up on the concert stage right wow, outside my apartment. Brag that wow, way to brag. Tom yeah. Petty you is in your house. <laughs> uh, uh, so welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy role-playing and fashion and mm. new, Are they, let me ask cereal you, milkshakes at Burger King. and, and every, <laughs> Hey, Russ, can I just fucking get through it, man? <laughs> well, Why but one of those I wanted to pause and, and clarify. Are there shapes beyond cubes that could be gelatinous? Um, no. Just cubes. Yeah. Okay, and also, and also cereal-based milkshakes at Burger King. I covered those. So we were going to yeah, hit those twice that. this week. Oh, sports. Uh, we do sports, that sometimes. Sports, for sure. We do sports. And uh, also video games, which we're going to be taking kind of a deeper dive into video games this week. You know, they have actually, I, have you got, I don't know if you were paying attention at Comic Convention but uh, at comic convention, they also showed games now too. Are you? Have, mm. Did you see this? Or have you, you seen this? No. Pac Man, like Pac Man, Miss Pac Man. Yeah, um, they've actually come a long way since that. Judging from the games at this at uh, comic convention, like Pac Man Two, Miss Pac Man Two. Uh, that's you know, it's just a bow on her head. Did you know that's the di that's the main difference? I think she's faster also, and that's uh, that's about that's probably about as deep as sort of gameplay mechanic innovations are going to come in my lifetime because video games are just Pac-Man. They've actually come a long way since Pac-Man, and what we're the here fuck? to we're here to explore that concept. Uh, first off, before we get into our picks for the best games of July 2017, I cannot believe it is almost the end of July already. That's preposterous. Um, let's talk about our honorable mentions 
for for the month. Anybody Good got luck. Has anybody heard of a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds? <laughs> oh man, I'm at a, I'm at a hundred hours on that bad boy, and I still stink like shit. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. That's funny, because that reminds me of this game called Near Automata. No, 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 no. So, okay, we should, there are good games. Yeah, we should talk about the Destiny 2 beta. Did everybody, did anybody play that? Yeah, I played the, I played it, the level. I didn't get in the multiplayer. It is, uh, I thought it was neat. I think that there are, so I was worried because there's some stuff that like, if they do not tweak, it is going to make the PVE experience pretty rough. I think cooldowns. Yeah, cooldowns in general are sort of like so. So the state of PvP in Destiny One, um, which I didn't necessarily think this, but maybe that says more about like how I played and sort of exploited this stuff when I played PvP in uh, Destiny One. Uh, it's very chaotic, right? And so there's just a lot of supers going off all the time, and a lot of sticky grenade spam, and a lot of um, stuff like that. That sort of makes the experience a little bit more, a little bit less uh, sort of twitchy gunplay focused than i think most folks who play hardcore pvp would want it to be um and so a lot of that stuff has been dialed down in destiny 2 in this beta and it's also been dialed down in the um in the the non-competitive pve experience to i think a pretty bad degree like um, yeah grenade 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 the like for me the big thing is grenades are they take much longer to respawn and maybe that's something that will be mitigated with like equipment and shit. Cause that is how it worked in destiny one. Um, grenades take very long to respawn and they're also weaker. So they got like hit twice. And so grenades just feel really shitty. Um, I played a 30 minute strike and only got my super once, despite the fact that I killed like 110 dudes by the time we finished. Like yeah. there's some stuff that's just I like, think all Ugh. that stuff is going to be hammered out because it's such a big part of like character stuff. I cannot believe that is our first discussion topic with this, this beta. Cause I was like, so excited by the stuff that was happening in the in the single player. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. It uh, looks great, and there's some there's some. No, Griffin, you already had your chance. You want to complain about grenade spawn times? (laughs) Uh, The 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 thing, the biggest moment for me, and this is going to sound dumb, but the biggest moment for me was when I was in playing in a single player level, and a character came over 
and talk to me while mm. I was playing a level. Yeah. You know, in other games. And not, that, and not any character. It was Mr. Nathan Fillion. Mr. Nathan Fillion. They sprung for the dosh to get Nathan back. <laughs> um, you know, in, in other games that wouldn't feel revolutionary, but like, damn if it's not pretty groundbreaking pretty for rad. Destiny yeah. to have someone actually like <clears throat> there with you in the world. Now, I don't know what that feels like in the 10th time you play that mission. Sure. Yeah, right. The 15th time. And, and I've heard that exact criticism leveled. I will say, though, I didn't spend, like, especially towards the later months of Destiny, like, I was not revisiting those first missions really at all. I mean, No, like, I think it's an unfair criticism. There's definitely lots of repetition, but it's not like you are... I don't know, going back to the fucking first mission and just like having to play through it to get your five spin metal that you need or whatever the fuck. That was definitely people, how it was I mean, when they you had started, story but, missions like yeah. that even late in the game. I I I I agree. I like I don't think story missions are a huge deal. I think they should be like super cinematic because more often than not you're playing the strikes a lot more than the story stuff. I really like uh, I thought you were going to mention this Justin, the fact that we were playing through a, a solely single player experience and at one moment you may not have seen this, but at one moment you actually do encounter other players, oh, that random was, players. That was my other favorite thing because Super they deployed cool. additional people cinematically. Like how cool, it, like just when the fight got really bad, you had people there helping you. Like how yeah. it was so cool and smart really and smart. neat. And I hope it's really representative of what they're going to do in the full game because that was such a neat moment and so much better than like just having these hosers that are there with you when you start the the mission instead of having them like pop up when you really need some support in the was shit, awesome. yeah yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the new utility powers are also pretty cool not so much on the hunter like each class has a like a special extra thing they can do like the titans can lay down like a little wall that will instantly reload your weapon if you hide behind it which is so sweet uh and the warlocks can lay down like a little healing field or a damage boosting field and the hunters have like a a dodge dash mm -hmm. that if you like kill an enemy right after you come out of it like it instantly respawns your melee and then your melee kill instantly respawns the dodge dash so that one's not as helpful to other people but it lends itself to a really fun play style of just like fucking swimming through enemies like that that's really cool and also yeah. the new um public event stuff looks really great there was a i think an ign like exclusive video that was a, a lot of stuff about um how public events and like uh public adventures and stuff are changing that looks really promising i just i think it looks hot as hell and i'm very yeah, very I excited think it'll, for it. i think it'll be really good i'm excited about it. plant did you play it at all or yeah no? i i think my big thing was i forgot that i actually really enjoyed halo because I haven't enjoyed them for a very long time, um, probably since the ODST. And come on, Reach was good. Reach was good. Yeah, yeah, Reach was good. But this was that single player mission. I don't know what about it. I really can't pin it down because I would have to go back to Halo games. But it like was triggering something in me that was reminiscent of that. And it felt, it felt it like felt Halo 2. It really, that really felt like Halo. Uh, that that sequence where you're like walking through the like wounded soldiers was yeah. like direct yeah. from Halo Two. Like that same thing happened. Uh, but Much even more just cinematic. the level design. I mean, yeah. it it yeah, it just felt good in a way that I I came into Destiny with uh, Taken King and I enjoyed it. I get why people were really digging it, but this clicked for me in a way that that didn't. And I was shocked because so much of the criticism of uh, of the Destiny beta has been like, oh, it's more of the same. And I, I feel like I'm seeing that leveled from a lot of people who've played like 300 hours of Destiny. Yeah. And like, it's it, at that point, it's you're like a wine aficionado, right? Like, everything is going to be like 
super Oaky. super well, precise that that, that game, it's so i think that's such a whack like thing I, I i there's i guess all criticisms are whatever but yeah I, that that game is hooks it is a series of hooks that pull you along a thing and right now we don't know what those hooks feel like destiny one was a very fun solid feeling game when it came out that i beat the story of and then stopped playing because the hooks were shitty as hell when the game started and then those hooks got good and all of a sudden there was stuff to do and there was meaningful progression and there was a reason for me to like play with my friends every night and like grind for shit to try and get better stuff and higher up hooks and like that is all that that is that is the story of that game and right now we know some details about how that shit works but you we won't know until we are a long ways into into playing it and we sort of yeah. understand the like progression systems and the like uh, the, how, how gear gets allocated and, and like what we're going to be spending our right now. I feel like we know what we're going to be spending our first 20 hours doing in destiny. I played destiny one for hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I don't know what that is going to look like in destiny two yet. Um, totally. Yeah. I, there was one moment specifically, another one I wanted to call out where you had to shoot some turbines and did oh, everybody yeah, on earth have pr- trouble with this. I swear to God, I see, and this is not me fucking toot my own horn but like they're apparently patching that out in the final version of the game what? i didn't think it was that hard no, i didn't just... i didn't have a problem with it i think what like what i wanted to say before that uh was that you it actually required you to think <laughs> like you actually had to think yeah. like and that is so not destiny like oh wait a minute i gotta think about how i'm gonna do this huh okay well, well it is in raids i, I mean and, no, and that's sure i raids, think what they were trying point, to do like i was shooting it over and over again thinking this is destiny this should work i don't have that many methods of interacting with my environment i'm just shooting where it tells me to shoot but this you actually had to like be kind shoot of it smart in a different in. way i think that is so spot on and i think that is that's probably the thing that i couldn't think of that makes me think of halo yeah like uh attacking like that big uh scarab yeah in halo just and a finding world the weak points is, and stuff. yeah that you're part of the world and it's not just a, a, a static backdrop um, um, I have an I have another game I want to talk about for honorable mention. Okay, go. Which okay, yeah. And this Justin recommended this to me, and I really really loved it. Uh, and it's old, so apologies, but it's called Hidden My Game by Mom! Exclamation <laughs> point. Yes. I, I yes. thought we might have talked about I this on a did. show, but I think we might have. It's just it's super good. It's on iPhone. The premise is that your mom has hidden your Nintendo DS looking like console. And you have to like click to find it, but if you accidentally click on mom, you lose. Um, and mom hides in cabinets, and sometimes there's an alligator that you have to prop his mouth open and get your Game Boy. Um, it's just really charming and great and free and worth downloading on and, iPhone and, and the probably sequel, Android. The sequel is out now, and I know we haven't oh. talked about the sequel, so I haven't talked about that. Out. I haven't played the it's sequel. It's also out. It's basically the same thing, <laughs> except more and funny. It's it's really it just gets so creative. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really like really impressive. Silly and and some like good meta jokes in there and and stuff like that. I I thought it was great. It was really good. Um, uh, I, I go I, ahead, Justin. Uh, there was another little iOS thing I want to mention called Flipping legends and it is published by noodle cake i don't uh, the uh the stick bank all folks i don't think it's developed by them uh but it's a really neat sort of endless runner where rather than run straight along you're flipping uh across a three square wide grid that's sort of laid out in a checkerboard pattern um so if you're on a black and you're flipping diagonally all the time so if you're on a black square you're always going to flip to a black square and when you flip across uh like off this three by three grid then you'll land on a white square so that's how you get back and forth between them uh and enemies are laid out in a pattern on the squares and your health is constantly draining 
and you refill your health by uh, killing enemies. So it's really a sort of pattern recognition and almost sort of a rhythm game in the way that you like get f the faster you can go through and hit as many guys as possible. You have like a combo for hitting them in sequence and the faster you can sort of flip through um, the, the, the more points you get and the farther you'll get sort of in the levels. Um, and they're really, that's sort of the basis, but there's really interesting like ideas built onto it in that, that are strange for this genre. Like there are uh, character classes that each independently level up and have very different special abilities that can, that make the game feel very different. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a really neat little, little thing that I've sunk a lot of time into that I really kind of dug. It's a great, like kill 60 seconds kind of thing. Uh, the new Layton game on iOS and Android is also very good. It's, um, it's like, it's like 17 bucks, but it is Jeez. like, well, it's like, but it's a fucking full Layton game. Like it's, is it there is, any like in-app purchasing? In no, it? no, it's just, it's just a game. Um, yeah. which I find very refreshing because I love those games, but like, I don't always got my 3ds. I played it a lot while we were like traveling, uh, during Comic-Con and it is just a full ass latent game and I like it. Um, um did we, go ahead. Did, sorry, you go ahead, plant. You haven't talked about, uh, one. I, I'm going to make this really quick, but I have a trio of things. So I'll keep them really, really short. Um, the first is next machina, which is, uh, super stardust people teamed up with, uh, the original Robotron creator, I believe, <clears throat> and made a twin stick shooter that is unbelievably polished and good. Um, King's way is a role-playing game that takes place in the environment of uh like a windows like operating system so you are using windows to travel across the this world and then like store but your it's items like windows 95 folders um yeah it's really 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 conceptual and very mm -hmm. very well made and then the last thing is a thing this is like literally just my recommendation to justin in case he hasn't played it yet Justin, have you heard of Vostok Inc? No. Oh my gosh. So my shit. So it is a clicker game oh, crossed no. with a twin stick shooter. And the when you blow up things as the 2D ship, you get money, which you then use to build things on planets, which is a clicker game. <sighs> what platform is this on? It is on uh, I believe don't PC, wait, don't PS4, tell him Xbox gonna play. One, and Vita. I was going to uh, say, Justin, he's going to play the rest of the yeah. entire <laughs> yeah. recording. Um, so, like, I, I, it's weird. This month was, like, at, in some ways it felt slow, and then there are just, like, all these weird small games that came out right towards the end. Hey, did we talk about Mass Effect Andromeda at all in any way? Like, did we, did we even discuss uh, it? I think we did in a I just brief, wanted to say like, real quick, I'm, yeah. I made a go of it. Because, uh, like, there was a part of me that thought, like, Man, how bad could a Mass Effect game be? And it is really, it's frustrating in a way that I didn't expect it to be frustrating in that all the systems are really crappy <laughs> and none of them worked. They're all like so confusing that it, I don't know how they broke it, but like the basic stuff, like some of the story stuff is nice and, and, the, and it controls well, but like the basics of like building and exploring and all that stuff are just terrible. And it's so frustrating. And I really thought that I'd be able to like, if I heard that if you just blew past a lot of the side stuff and kept focused on the main thing, that you could have some fun with it. But um, Hachi Machi, like after every, like almost every single system requires you to 
look up a guide somewhere because it's so poorly explained and laid out and organized and the UI is horseshit. Like it, I know that like, it's not new to say like Andromeda is unenjoyable, but I really thought that I'd be able to like wring something out of it. And I just absolutely could not, um, which bummed me out. Cause there was many times I, I was like sort of enjoying playing it, but all those systems are just so crummy and it's really depressing and don't play Mass Effect Andromeda. Womp womp. There you go. But maybe Let's Anthem, Anthem good will be games. good, though, I bet. Could could be. Casey's back. What's, Casey's oh, back yeah. in the mix. Getting yeah, mild. We'll um, I can start if you want. Sure. Uh, my game is Metopia on the 3DS, uh, which full transparency I got today. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, there's a demo out right now on 3DS, and the demo is just the beginning of the game, and you can just... Um, import your save from the demo into the uh, into the final version. So I've probably played between that and the full version of the game a couple hours, um, which this is an RPG, so that is not a lot of time, and I do not know like how the experience will necessarily evolve, but I wanted to bring it because um, I think there's actually a lot of really cool stuff going on. It is um, a game where you play as Mies, and there have been a lot of those, and most of them have been not so great like um i was excited for tomodachi life because it was sold as like animal crossing but with me's but it, the game wasn't really there so much and then obviously like mitomo wasn't very good and um uh all of the like 3ds sort of um what's it street pass games or yeah. some of them are kind of fun um and i the, and I, there is a lot of similarity with the rpg street pass <laughs> game with this kind kind of i mean See, the, pro the problem is i assumed this because this is a 30 30 dollar game right and so i assumed that that was just going to be like find me the um the the street oh, pass right. game which is very me. very very lightweight um yes but there is a lot more to metopia and that's kind of why i wanted to bring it and talk to it so it's in this fantasy world and uh the game starts and you pick your me it's really smart um it kind of pulls me's from two sources and also at any time you can uh make a custom me for any character that you want to um or it will sort of scan your 3ds and i guess your uh like nintendo account and what it is linked to and it will uh for instance it like had my tomodachi life save and i don't really oh. know how it got that and so i could pull any of the me's that i used or made in tomodachi life uh it had all my friends on there it had all the me's that i made in me maker that like i guess came with me from the wii like i yeah. had a, a lot a lot a lot of of me's to choose from because i played a few of these types of games before uh and then there is a me central where um uh, people's custom me's will sort of be populated in this big long list uh, and whenever you turn the game on if you're connected to the internet uh, before you start playing it will ask you to like vote on some fan creations on which ones you like and so it sort of populates that list with like only really fucking good alf and like a billion anime characters and mario and luigi and zelda and a bunch of nintendo characters I got and gabe newell was in the my gabe game. newell one was very impressive and so like that that is very cool too so you will use those means um there's there's your main character and then other party members that you come across you can customize them and choose who they are um there are citizens of these different towns uh that you'll come across uh the main like bad guy of the game you give them a face and like various characters um 
And the game is about this like big evil warlord who rips everybody's faces off and then puts them on monsters and you have to go kill the monsters and get I the mean, faces rips back. is probably more dramatic than it is. I mean, he, he tears sort of the magically... sinews of the flesh and, <laughs> um, and then it is your, your quest with your party of four sort of um, adventurers to go out and like get the faces back and fulfill these quests for folks in town and uh, like explore and get treasure and level up and stuff. Um, so hey, like on on paper I, that's what it is, but there's some really really cool systems. For one thing, whenever you make a a, a character out of a me, you choose their personality, and there's personalities like uh, calm and kind and energetic and stubborn. Um, and then those personalities have lots of different ways that they manifest. So like if you play a kind character, then maybe they'll jump in the way of a fatal attack for another uh, person. Um, or they will, if somebody's like out of healing items, they'll give them one of their own. Um, but each characteristic also has a negative side effect. So the kind one is sometimes your kind character will like, you'll have an enemy on the ropes and your kind character will just spare them. So they get to leave and you don't get anything out of the whole fight. Um, and then on top of that, there are different classes and the classes are a mix of like fantasy stuff like knight and mage, uh, with some weirder stuff like chef and pop star, um, and those all have like different implications. And then there's a, a whole relationship system in the game. So um, there are, you basically like, you move through the world by hopping into these little nodes and then the node will walk you down a path. And at certain points you can like choose between different junctions in the path to like take harder or easier routes, um, which you'll make those decisions based on like how many resources you have right now. Uh, and then at the end of each path, you reach an inn, and at that inn, you can like eat to increase your stats or give money to your uh, characters who will run out and buy stuff that they want. Uh, which is a really uh, sometimes very charming, sometimes infuriating system where like I see fucking, um, you know, Guy Fieri, my my mage. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go buy this robe. Give me 200 gold pieces. And I'm like, here you go, Guy Fieri. And he comes back. And he's like, oops, I bought one banana instead. <laughs> it's like fucking Guy Fieri. Here's like, a change back. Um, and then you... <laughs> You can like, but in, in the end, you can like choose which me's are roommates and then they will grow closer. Um, whenever they do, like mm. I mentioned the, the kind trait where like somebody jumps in front of the wave of fatal attack. When they do that, the two people, their relationship gets closer or they give somebody an item with the kind trait and their relationship gets closer. Or as a cleric, you heal somebody and they are appreciative and your relationship gets closer. But there's also things that will make your relationship fall apart. And as your like relationship levels up, that also unlocks unique abilities. There's like... There's a lot of stuff. There's like yeah, a lot it's, of, it's, of, of. It's very deep. I'm what surprised. makes you fall apart? Um, stuff like, like so, like a stubborn character might just refuse to like act, and then people are like, "Fuck this, fuck you, I'm out of here." What a D. Um, there's attacks that are uh, these powerful AOE attacks that hit all of the enemies, but they will also hit your friends, mm. and so that will cause your relationship to to suffer. So um, I, the vibe that I got from the game was sort of like, um, like I got a tearaway vibe in the sense that like you feel like you have a lot of control over the world as it populates and like feels very personalized for you, which I liked a lot. Um, also got because the relationship stuff kind of like a fire emblemy thing. Um, I don't know how you feel because again, like I was just playing the the demo. You were you're still only like a couple hours in. For me, I don't know that this is a game I could play for 10 hours or even five. Like, even though it has, like, they clearly have a lot of layers of depth to it, it seems hard to, to like, I kind of, like, once I had the, the hook, the gimmick, as it were, the, like, didn't find that the RPG systems were so engaging that I, like, 
needed to keep playing. Yeah, I feel but, that. Yeah, I, it I, had I, a I just, system I, where you could uh, hold in B to fast forward, and yeah, I, like it basically right. mm. always needed to be that. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I do not need to like, see these doofuses like running left to right and but, spouting but, but, nonsense. But even then, there's like cool systems where like the first time that a um, characteristic trait activates or you use one of your new class powers or you do anything for the first time in battle, it kind of slows down time and that fast forward state to like show you this is what that is. This is what it looks like. This is what it's doing. And then in the future, after that first time, it doesn't it doesn't slow it down anymore. So like even even there, I usually am fast forwarding also, but that's just because like that's usually how I play RPGs. Um, there's also like just a lot of charm to the game and this is sort of Tomodachi Life-esque in that just they are constantly like there are constantly these little cutscenes happening while you're walking down the road where like you'll be offered choices or two characters will like um, talk to each other and their relationship will uh, get 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 stronger there's just like a lot of constant um, sort of just little inner, little interstitials like that that um, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying I don't think it's the deepest game in the world um, and I've been looking forward to it mainly because, like we said, it is kind of a slow time, and I've been looking for like a a, a game I can like really sink my teeth into. And um, I've played it for a couple hours now, and I think I'll probably keep keep on going. I gotta say, it would be so nice if it was, was on mobile. Uh, uh, yeah, I was thinking that, the same thing, or of... Switch for that matter. Sure, yeah, like, that would be fine. Um, I have a ton of friends on Switch. I thought it was very <laughs> cute, though. Um, yeah, I don't know why yeah, Russ feels compelled to brag, but. <laughs> I have so many friends and everyone loves me on Switch. <laughs> and and they say I'm cool and quitting my mom. Says I'm really cool. But you're quitting what? your mom? I said even my mom thinks oh, I'm cool. Sorry. Oh, including your mom. Got it. Including my mom, yeah. Um what next? Uh I'll go. Okay. Great. So, uh the game that I'm bringing is a game called The End is Nigh. Um, it is a platforming <coughs> game by Ed Mc, Edmund McMillan and a gentleman named Tyler G. And I'm forgetting his last name. Sorry, Tyler. Mm. Um, and uh, so Edmund, people know his work from Super Meat Boy is like the biggest one. Tyler Glyle. Oh, Glyle, thank uh, you. Glyle. Glyle. Yes. Some. Uh, so so he, uh, Edmund made Super Meat Boy and Binding of Isaac, which were like two of his biggest titles. Um, I got that on I Switch, know. by the way. It's still a good fucking game. Oh, yeah. Totally. Really holds up. Um, and End is Nigh is very similar to Super Meat Boy in the sense that it's like a very traditional platformer, but with modern controls. So the premise is you um, survive the apocalypse as like a ball of ash. I think your name is literally Ash. And you are hunting the world to for tumors, in this case, to find and build a friend out of tumors. And how that sort of presents in the game is a series of, like, tricky, increasingly difficult uh, platforming sequences that are, like, single-screen, like, not, like, tricky in the sense that there's a lot of mechanics going on, but tricky in the sense of, like, tricky jumps and stuff like that. And um, this whole world is, like, presented as very dark, but it's backed by, like a really cool uh, score of remixed uh, fair use stuff, stuff like Hall of the Mountain King and a few other ones that are like, you know, classical staples, but uh, sort of redone uh, with kind of a heavy metal bent to them. And I mean, for me, like I love like Splunky and Meat Boy and stuff like that. I love really tough platforming games because I like the feeling of like you're constantly getting better 
as you learn a map or as you learn the challenge. And um, I think from a design standpoint, uh, you know, Edmund is, is like very well honed in terms of designing levels and like teaching you a, a mechanic and then sort of altering that mechanic slightly and adding new variables to it. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it came out on Steam, I want to say about two or three weeks ago. Uh, but it's also coming to Switch and PS4. Um, so I think it'll be great on Switch. I think that's like a perfect home for it. And PS4, it'll be good too. But I, I was uh, shocked yeah, how dig... different it felt than Super Meat Boy. Because when really? I saw it, it looked identical. Yes. Um, but the, the game is a lot... It's weird because I think Super Meat Boy, especially as it goes on, requires uh, a tremendous amount of skill and precision. Yeah, uh, but this game from the very beginning, I feel like requires more um, because the difference is you you can't really just like bounce around the side of walls like you can in Super Meat Boy. There are hooks, right? And you use hooks to get around the environment, but also there's like of, a ledge grab. Yeah, it's like a ledge grab, but only well, it's all ledges and then also these hooks that come out of walls. But then yep. you also have a long jump that is used off of hooks that gets you to places you might not expect or that look like they might be uh, too far away. Um, and I found pretty quickly that, I don't know, the, the skill curve felt like it shot up fast. Not that that's bad at all, yeah. but it, I, I, was, I, I felt like with Super Meat Boy, I was doing pretty well for a long time, or there was a little more room for error. Um, we're here, it, it got hard or yeah, yeah. very quickly as somebody who definitely has a skill cap with those games and enjoyed like a good portion of meat boy i will say that like i for me personally it got hard too fast like i really didn't have this period where i felt like oh i'm having fun with this because my, i'm increasing in skill it just felt very antagonistic from the beginning and like if you're somebody who is looking for that, I, I completely kind of, I, I can see why that would be refreshing. Like, if you're coming straight off of Meat Boy into this, that's probably where, uh, from a skill level, like, you need to, to be at. Um, but for me, it just, it, it got hard so fast that I don't feel like I had a period where I felt like I was improving or, or, or was really enjoying myself. Um, there was yeah, a lot of times where, like, I could see the jump that needed to happen and just, like couldn't get it to time out right and after about 20 tries it's like okay i, I i'm gonna find uh something else to do <laughs> but so again it's interesting specifically to the game just me personally yeah totally what's, what's interesting um it's like <clears throat> it's a very nuanced difference between this and super Meat boy that like kind of requires like a lot of obsessive platforming care um so Meat Boy is like a very analog um, platforming game. You hold down run. You have like a lot of air control. Um, you can sort of like edge jumps in like different way, like ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like there's a little like more give and take in terms of like where you're going to land from a jump. Whereas this is very locked down. There's no run button. So if you do a long jump, the long jump will always 100% land you in the exact same spot every single time. Um, which is interesting because for me that actually made the game easier because I knew there was like no sort of like, oh, my hand, 
you know, move the analog stick at the wrong time at the last second. Um, so I didn't like go off course, but it also kind of, I don't know. I, it made it feel more closer to like a, um, a rhythm game in the sense, because I knew exactly what was going to happen whenever I hit a given button for the most part. And it kind of took some of the guesswork out of what would ordinarily be like a much harder platformer, but you know, I can totally see the other side. It, it makes sense that it would be like very intimidating for a lot of people. It also doesn't, I don't think it does a good job of, um, rewarding you for progressing through the game as well as Meat Boy did. Meat Boy had a lot of things like, um, uh, like bandages that unlock new characters and like crazy themed secret levels. Um, and this has like very, very hard arcade levels that are themed as well. But there's no, as far as I'm aware, there's no unlockable characters. Um, and that sort of makes it a little more grindy to get through it. But I, the platforming stuff alone was enough for me. Yeah, so. I definitely also think, like, I feel like the world kind of put me off. It was not, I, I, I wasn't like, part of the, part of the uh, enticement with games like that is that, like, want to see what really comes next. And because of the post-apocalyptic thing, like, I just was not that interested in, because it was all so kind of crummy, you know, I was not that interested in where else I was going to be able to sort of see and explore. Yeah, I think the the later worlds get more interesting to look at uh, pretty noticeably, but I agree, like, starting with just, like, pretty familiar, dark, broken buildings, post-apocalyptic thing is is not the best place to start. It looks almost exactly like... Uh... Cannibalt. It, yeah, the first levels. That's true. It yeah, does kind of have that. Like it uses that, the four color palette, sort of. Yeah. Similarly. Yeah. This episode of the Best Beats is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Um, what should we talk about in halftime? Because I think we talked about Destiny. Yeah, can we just edit Hello. the Destiny? Oh. I don't even know which one this fucking what is. What's that supposed to be? Hello, it is I. Wait, is it Jean-Baptiste? Jean-Baptiste, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, remember Jean-Baptiste quite sounding like that, what? but all right. Wow, Hello. it's been so long. So long, but not long enough in like a different way. What is going on, besties? Wait, so I'm sorry. I, I, I really don't think this is Jean Baptiste. I really, I think this is one of other this Russ's is, other characters is, doing a prank call. I think there might be a reason that there is. This is Jean Baptiste. Did did the last time we see Jean Baptiste, he got pushed out a window? Yes, but I was fine. Okay, this is, this is <laughs> no problem. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. I am an independent developer from Canada. Uh huh. Canada. And, and now, and now, just by you, I need you to understand, Jean Baptiste. Anywhere yes. you said there, where you were from, it was going to be um, slanderous and hurtful towards whatever Canada. kind nation. Okay, Which, you claim to hail from. Where in Canada are you from? The eastern I don't, part. I don't own this. Uh-huh. I don't own any of this. Do not tweet at me, please. Like Newfoundland, tweet it. like that sort of. Down thereabouts. Okay. Um, do yes. You, is, does this mean you speak French? We. Oui. Uh huh. <laughs> and what else, what else do you know from that people? Oh, there language? are follow up questions. <laughs> um, no, thank I you. guess my only one is what are you do? Why would you be here? And well, how, I am how dare here in you? America. Thank you for asking, Griffin. I am here in America for um, a, an exploration on game design. I, w- I have been in Chicago. Uh-huh. Have you been sh- to Chicago? Yeah, I lived there for a while. It was nice. It was nice, yes. I was invited there to exhibit my game. Hmm. Well, uh, oh, sure. It, what was that game? It is a game... Well, it is a game about walking around and seeing creatures and hugging them and capturing them and bringing them home with you. Uh-huh. That actually and sounds quite. That sounds good to me. That's actually tickling all my sensibilities. Jean, please tell me more about the game. Sure. Well, you walk around and you can open any door you would like, and the the, the creatures are in behind doors, and then they will uh, leap into your phone. It is a phone game. Mm-hmm. A- and it has been. God, I just realized big, what he's doing. A big mm-hmm. success. Wait, wait, really? Wait, you just realized? <laughs> yeah, it took me. It a second. has been. Such a success. Uh-huh. It is my first big success. And I wanted all of the fans to come and experience it with me in Chicago. Interesting. I hate to ask, but what's the name of this game? This is Pokemon Ghost. <laughs> Ghost? 
Ghost? Is that, now, are you talking about the type of... Is it the type of beer? It was localized as Pokemon Go in America. But it is Pokemon Go's. From the French. From French. French. Go's means... I'll translate. Goes means like to capture or to hug. Oh, okay, okay, great. I like that then. A lot. It's weird that so, those are synonymous. That must be a very confusing country to live in. <laughs> it is. So, you never know if you're going to jail or if you're getting married. Right. We we showed the game in Chicago and everyone seemed so excited uh-huh. about it. Um, there was so much yelling and excitement about it i saw that and there was a video of them shouting like we can't play as because they were like so excited for the game and they it, it, what you didn't hear that video is doctored and it was them saying we can't wait to play and yeah. that was yes well they had been playing all morning and then the second the video went up it, we turned it off just just to see what they would do because mm. oh. that's the magic of game design is you <laughs> control the experience it's a sort of human experimentation as well Yes, I, you yes. know, I would love to hear more about the game, but I, I mean, Pokemon Go or Goes has been such a, a, a huge success financially. Um, yes. This must mean that you have a, a wealth that you, you didn't have before. Oh, yes. I get $33 each month from <laughs> Nintendo. That's wow. a small amount. Nice. That's not a very big amount of money. No, that is, that is a success. That's, they say this is large percentage of the overall game is that income. american dollars or canadian dollars this is american yeah, canadian it's uh 87 i'm sorry is that, do you have a cold is something wrong yes <laughs> i'm i'm a little ill because there was water flying at me in chicago rain a little bit they call it rain oh from the sky or no, from people it, it was from it was from the land land water i did not know where it was coming from and then i looked down and it was coming from mouths which might just be a, uh, a cultural difference that I'm not familiar with. I, I'm, I'm sorry, are you, are you melting and your voice, voice is going from soprano exa- to baritone? Is it exhausting just I, speaking in that ridiculous voice, John? I have been traveling so very often <laughs> uh-huh. in the plains and the air distance, the air, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard on my well, internals. Buddy, I hope you get the rest you need as you leave this call. Yes immediately and uh we're, can, we're so happy you could stop by can you buy more gold coins yeah we'll do our yeah best. i'll buy some i'll get i'll get some ultra balls if you okay uh, coins yeah i'll get them right now if you just leave okay i'm turning the crank on the servers right now they'll be up in a second is that what happened you oh you were at the event and you're like who's cranking the servers oh, you, no you shouldn't have worn I, sleeves it's getting so close to that crank uh, <laughs> oh no i'll cut them off goodbye okay bye john god what a treat I really forgot that guy existed. Now he does again. Um, who wants to go next? Of the deep well of characters who could have come by, I didn't think Jean-Baptiste was going to be the one to get the reboot um, so soon. Yeah, I'm so happy he could stop by. Uh, Me too. Plant, you want to talk honor. about your game? Sure. Yeah, I'll talk about a game called Splatoon 2. It is like Splatoon 1. Uh Almost entirely, but only a nobody, prettier. only nobody, only people played this one. Yeah, that, I, that would be the huge difference. So to catch everybody up, uh, I guess Mr. Miyamoto himself was like, "I want to make a shooter, but I don't want to make people shoot people. Uh, that will not be the priority." And then he's like, "What if?" I, I imagine he was playing Tony Hawk at the time, and he's like, "Hey, this graffiti mode's pretty good. What if we made that into a Nintendo game?" Um, you don't think it was Mark Echo's getting up? 
No, was, that was actor been, Tony Hawk. Don't give Mark. Mark Echo credit for the, the work of the Birdman. <laughs> his personal anyway. work coding his video game. <laughs> That's He wouldn't put his name on it if he didn't do all of the work. <laughs> if he didn't code it entirely himself. <laughs> Obviously. Um... So yeah, you, you uh, teams of four. You uh, the goal is to paint the most of the environment and the maps you're on, and you can also you know like splat your other little squid friends. I'm, uh, do we uh, do we have to explain the basics? I of don't how think so. No. People get paints. Okay, well, you're, you are describing just the uh, turf war mode in in the standard play. There's other there's other modes like a king sure. of the hill sort of capture the zone style mode. Pretty much some the other. Fuck. Yeah, like and a... it's like the big change. There, there's single player now that is pretty pretty good um good enough to keep you entertained on a flight when you don't have an internet connection um there are bosses that i think are pretty charming but there's only like, i love what, four I, or I five just, of them uh yeah i just finished the i 100 percent of the single player i got fucking into it it's oh very good i think it feels um, so bad <laughs> like I, compared to playing against people i think it is so unpleasurable but anyway yeah, I don't love the single player either. I come somewhere in the middle. But anyway, the thing... You know what's what is? With the it's navigating kettles. the world in the way that you have to navigate the world uh, feels bad to me. In a single player game and having to like paint to go faster, like all that kind of garbage, like feels really crummy to me. I, 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 it makes so much sense in the multiplayer and it's such a cool way of like moving your territory forward. And in, but then the single player, it's just like it's just me here. Well, I like it because there's lots of like environmental puzzle stuff in some of the later levels that you like have to figure out like where do I put the paint in order to like build myself a launch pad that I can squid jump from one part to the other. Like I think there's a lot of like sophistication to it in some of the later parts. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I am a big fan of the multiplayer. I I love that the game has this ability to reward people who. If your team's in the pits and you just really want to like get the other team uncomfortable and you're fast, you can cut across the map and get into the other team's zone. And if you're okay at the game, uh, really, really wreck shit and um, completely throw the team off in a way that I find really enjoyable. That that reminds me more of like a sport, um, like a traditional sport, than it does like a shooter. Um, yeah. where you're, 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 the ball is going back and forth across the field and there are just so many fun ways to break up the pace or a team can basically be dominating one second and then be just completely thrown off their game the next. Um, but the thing that I want to talk about that I surprisingly am enjoying the most is Salmon Run, which Fuck is... Yeah. The, like, oh yeah, you put it online. Yeah, it, it's a horde mode, and you can play with again up to four people, I believe. Uh, and it's, I mean, like any traditional horde mode. The big difference being there are a bunch of small enemies, and then there are how, how many? Five, six bosses. Eight. I think there's eight. seven or eight. eight yeah. Bosses, okay. Yeah. And all of them have different methods of how you destroy them. There's like one tiny creature, but it has tons of plates stacked on its back and you have to remove all the plates uh, before you can blow it up. There's, I think it's a salmon that there's a big marker on the ground right before it pops up. And if you don't uh, drop a bomb there, so it comes up and eats that, it'll eat you uh, and just wreck you. There are two giant recycling bins uh, that float in the air. Uh, there are all sorts of different things. And it has a level of creativity and weirdness that 
I, 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 I'm like shocked it's a Nintendo game. Like, well, I, no, but if you look at Nintendo games without the context of having played them for 30 years, yeah, but they I guess are that's the thing shit. is, I can't remember the last time I saw something new like this. I like ARMS a lot. It's not weird in the way that this is, this is like weird in like a Ren and Stimpy sort of way. Do you mean Splatoon um, as a yeah. whole or just the mode? Just this mode. Okay. Uh, Salmon Run. I mean, Splatoon as a whole is also weird in a design point of view that it's so cool and interesting you, and you're talking about actually the aesthetic of these like wild the looking like fish monsters running yeah. up and trying to beat you to death with like frying pans it's yeah. very it's like ve- it's very like it is cartoonish and i'm not saying that to describe like the game's color palette it is like a car it is like watching a cartoon in a way it's like the rabbits yeah god um, did, you did say you couldn't believe it was a Nintendo game, but we should talk about the fact that the deployment of Splatoon Run is a very Nintendo ass bad decision. Yeah, not Splatoon, Salmon Run. You yeah, oh, Salmon yeah. Run, do you yeah. want to walk through how much of a mess that is? So here, here's I I kind of get where they're coming from. There is a progression and a loot cycle to. Uh, Splatoon 2's online multiplayer where like there's shops and those shops update every day and when you buy gear at shops it has like uh, perks that you can unlock on them that like change your you know speed or your how much ink you use when you use your weapons and all kinds of like different modifiers and, but none of that carries over to the other modes we um, should mention yes right so single player has separate progression loops then multiplayer it has separate pro- but, progression but, loops but you, and- you mentioned that when I, before I started playing the game the single player and the salmon run do feed back into the multiplayer you can unlock shit in, in those oh. modes that you will then use in single player so I didn't know single player did that yeah so the um, in salmon run it only works for I think it's like I think the time they have it set to and maybe this is the biggest problem is 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. I think Pacific time every other day. I'm pretty sure that's what the <laughs> schedule is. I could be wrong. There. Um, the, the idea is this right in every one of those sessions you have a pay grade that increases as you uh, complete missions and don't die if your team ever wipes out in a salmon run mission then it's over and you lose um but if you can complete missions in a row then your pay grade increases your rank increases um your pay grade affects like how many points like um rank up points you get from a mission so you're the higher your pay grade the more you'll pull down for a successful mission and then uh at the end of a i guess day um i could be 100 percent wrong on this but i think this is how it works at the end of a day your like rank determines what prizes you get from that so maybe it's an exclusive shirt that has some different stuff on it there are little gashapon balls that have like different bonuses like experience point uh increases or money increases for the multiplayer mode sure i think what they are going for roughly in terms of feel is iron banner which is a monthly thing in destiny where you play this like special mode of pvp and then you can unlock this exclusive gear and it is an exciting thing problem is it's not infrequent enough for it to carry that kind of excitement. I think it's really just mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's not on today. Fuck. And the other big problem is it's literally the best thing in the game. And I want right. to do it all the time. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me at all. Like why they would lock because it's in the game. You can play it at any time you want locally. You can play salmon run whenever you like. The only time to play it online is when it's quote active and for the life of me, I cannot see an upside. There's actually a bunch of shit in this game that I cannot see an upside to. And maybe fans of Splatoon in this podcast can explain to me a few of those things. I mean, uh, some things are just Nintendo things. 
Like no, okay, no, that's not. I, I don't. I don't agree. I'll give you an example, and plenty of has been said about this, but let's talk about it again. The fucking TV show at the beginning of every time you load the game that you have to sit through, and they tell you what the maps are, and there's some fun puns, but you have to sit through it every time. There's no way to skip it, and it makes me want to throw my Switch out the window. Uh, the other thing I agree with you is a Nintendo thing, which is when you're playing a multiplayer game in modern multiplayer, like PUBG, Destiny, you name it. The primary number one thing that people want to do is play against randoms with their friends, right? To do it in Splatoon is a nightmare. Uh, Nick, who is a very, like, has played a lot of Nintendo games. I have played a lot of Nintendo games. We had a crew of four people getting everyone into the same match, like, as, like, a, quote, party was next to impossible uh, due to a number of factors, not the least of which was... The, the chat program that they've released oh is absolute total dog God. shit. Um, so we moved to Discord, which is a very capable app and it handles things fine. And that's what I'd recommend if you're playing uh, Splatoon online. But getting people like there's just no until I think you're ranked like B minus and you're playing like ranked matches. There's no way to be as a crew of four people just like take on all comers against like randoms on the internet. It's just not an option. That's wild. Um, I think, I think that. I think there is. I think there is if you rank up and get into ranked league play, whatever the fuck it's called, and then you can make a team before you match up against people. But before that, there is not. All you there's can a do friends, is there's a friends battle thing that you, doesn't let you, you make can, a party. Well, you you can do a friends battle, but you can't play people online. You you can only do private matches if you do friends battle. There's other stuff or like, not, you, or I should say, you can play people online, but you can only do like two v two. You can't like play randoms online there's other whack stuff like the the fact that you cannot you have to back out the menu to change your weapon uh so that's pretty bad like that really stinks yeah. it's like if you're in a flow and you're playing and you're in a pretty good groove and then you have like to leave the whole thing to go change your weapon like that and especially because or anything it, it like take any of your a good long while sometimes to get into a match i've had a couple where like three minutes of waiting and it's still timed out um and it didn't work and it didn't find me a group of people to play with and that's like i've been reading a few books. times like yeah exactly that's good it's reawakened the love of literacy yeah but like that's that's weird there, and there's other like my yeah i'll tell you one of my splatoon issues uh a, a good one first i like how short the matches are it keeps you from getting yeah. too invested in what's happening it's like oh, okay i'm just having my fun but on the flip side of that i would i do wish who won and lost every game was not a complete and utter surprise to me every single time. I do oh, really? wish I had, I never know. I never have any idea who won. Like every once in a while, if I'm getting like housed, then I'll, I, I, I like there, there, I can see that line of the opposing team, like outside my door. Then in those, in those rare cases, I, I, I know what happened, but I, I think that, that boils down to the communication breakdown, right? Because there's no, ch there's, there's no chat in the game without using the stupid mobile app. And so I've, I've had games like that too, where I get like fucking nine kills and I'm painting the, the whole world. Little did I know there were some motherfuckers behind me, like painting up whatever I painted and my teammates yep. were doing jack shit. Yeah. And so I, I thought I crushed it and then I get beaten like 2080 and like 
there's i had no idea because my teammates weren't talking to me it's another thing that like playing with friends and being able to chat with them would be like hey the left side of the map is all also you can open up the map at any point to like jump to wherever your teammates are and that actually gives you a very good indication of like what needs painted but um i think being able to communicate would definitely help that even more I yeah, and and there's stuff. The weapon switch also is irritating because, is, in terms of like being on a team, is is also irritating because I've ended up on. I, I like to use the paint roller because uh, I like being able to like contribute without having to get into a bunch of fights. Uh, but I was on a team. I got paired with a team where literally everyone on the team was using paint rollers, and it did not go <laughs> well. There was not a good sort of team to be on. It would be really nice to be able to switch that to adjust like to make a good team that has like its bases covered would be really nice. It it kind of makes me think that maybe and this is just speculation but maybe Nintendo realized that they had like basically nothing coming out in the summer um or at least until like Rabbids I guess and I don't know, it feels rushed. It feels like there was a lot of like stuff in this game that just sh- as being a multiplayer game it just seems crazy to me that it isn't in there i kind uh, like of a, feel like the opposite this is weird but i i think that they they knew all of this stuff long like far far in advance i kind of wonder if splatoon 1 was rushed and it was like oh let's get this rough version of it out and then we can finish it for splatoon 2 mm. but they didn't finish it they left a bunch oh, of I, I, dumb sure shit on the i mean those are like i said i'm not this is not me apologizing for them this no, is me no. saying like I think I don't know if they know they did bad. And, uh, yeah, like, I they might be very generous. Just seems crazy to me. I think it's very generous for us to think that Nintendo does know how to do multiplayer very, very good, and they just didn't yeah. have time to do it. Like it's just like they know game design. They obviously know how game design so fucking well. And if you play a, a, a modern day shooter for a half hour, you can just see like so many failings in splatoon yeah. which is as a game design game really good and really enjoyable and i love the art style and the the look of it but like i yeah. mean you're right because if you look at the switch it's it's super bare bones as well it's like the least they could possibly do for like friends lists and and all that stuff so i swear to get it but splatoon is billed as a multiplayer game it's not billed as a single player game so to like leave all that shit on the table is just rough. fucking bonkers um, to me. I want to I want to put a bow on it and and go to the thing that you said about design really quick uh, before we wrap. And I think this is a thing that we talked about weirdly with Watch Dogs Two, which was a game that I Justin I think you mentioned this for all of its opportunity, it was not very creative with it with its weaponry. Um, it it it, it talked a lot about um non lethal kills and like being able to use weapons in interesting ways, and then everything was just kind of the same weapons uh that you had seen in any shooter and i i don't think it can be understated how creative uh splatoon is and how much it like really makes me think about how lacking in creativity most shooters are in terms of like if you're going to interact with the world through a gun um hey this game makes it makes the floor poison uh, it mm. covers the floor with poison, poison in different poison ways. Poison or a rad fucking water slide. So, like, yeah, or a water one slide. One of those two. And, and the way that you, like, slop up your your weapon is just, there's, there's so much variety. That is the thing that I think Splatoon 2 does much better than Splatoon 1, is I think the weapons are a lot more creative. Um, there's just more of them. Um, I do wish that you could change on the fly easier. But I, I think, like, that kind of almost gets lost 
uh, because it's like, a, oh, it's a colorful silly game where you paint. Uh, but if you think about, like, if this didn't look colorful in, like, a kid's game, it's doing so much stuff with a shooter, and it continues to bum me out that after, what was it, that ga- the studio that did uh, Resistance, Insomniac, I think, yeah, yeah. did it? Like, there was a time where it felt like there was more creativity happening with what a gun does in a game. And I think, like, for a long time, instead of focusing on that, it's just oh, we're going to make this gun thing that you're familiar with feel better and better and better. And sometimes I'm okay with it not being better, but just being different. Yeah. I think Overwatch is probably the best big example of a a game that does it well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I agree with you that a lot of shooters these days kind of like, you know, the battlefields of the world kind of just fall into, well, this is a faster SMG and this is a slower SMG and this is a yeah, high-powered sure. rifle think, and they all pretty much work I think work it's very telling that whenever I'm, uh, almost any time when I'm killed by something in Splatoon, I think, well, of course they have that thing. Look at that. It's a giant paint bucket. They're just dumping paint everywhere. It's way better than what I've got. <laughs> um, Especially when you're yeah. like starting out, everybody's got like the most bananas paint slinging tech. Um, I, I will say like, I really have been playing a lot of um, PUBG, although I think I'm finally starting to slow down a little bit. And it is also really really nice to play a game that is the opposite of that in virtually every way like three minutes and then it's over low stakes uh i'm good at it uh, which is very novel like it it, i honestly play it while i'm like waiting for the plane to spawn in like it is it is i i I feel like every time we talk about a switch game i could talk about this like oh yes well everybody's uh you know appraises and criticisms are fair but we should also talk about the fact that like just playing a game on the switch fucking owns it is the best it's the best shit ever i get home and i play it on my tv and it looks great and i use the pro controller and it feels really good and i go get on an airplane and i play it for three hours like it's amazing it's great oh uh brief brief tag onto that i did just get overcooked which just came (gasps) comes out on switch like today or tomorrow what's that and uh that's like a perfect example it's so good it's a, uh it's a cooking top-down cooking game it's kind of like imagine like a really good mario party mini game where there's four people running around like carrying pots and chopping vegetables and like trying to coordinate to like deliver food really quickly <laughs> uh i realize it sounds really shitty when it's i so describe good. it but griffin and i great. had a, a, a very complex night <laughs> Yeah, our, we, we play that with our friends. It's up to four players. And so like it, it, one one person can go and chop stuff and then throw it in a pot. And then another person will like take it out of the pot when it's done cooking, put it in a bowl. And then you got to serve up the bowl and then you got to wash the dish. That's the basic cycle of it. But then yeah. the fucking stages as you go on, it's all of a sudden instead of being in a kitchen, you are in two trucks that are racing side by side on a, a, a freeway. And so you have to like <laughs> figure out like, OK, I'm going to throw an onion on your side. You have to catch it. Three, two, one. You drop the fucking onion. Or there's one where it's just like you're mov- moving around a, a track where nobody can pass one another because there's just space for one person and so you have to constantly be thinking in order like okay i'm gonna put the onion down player two you're gonna chop it player three you're gonna oh fuck you didn't grab it now i have to run all the way around this track like it is a hysterical infuriating party game that will make you want to fucking kill your friends uh, and it's great for switch because everyone has two controllers like with the device itself so it's like super easy to get four players going cool um i'm yep. gonna take a moment to talk about pyre which is the new game from Supergiant, uh creators of bastion and transistor and this is uh very different maybe even more different than transistor was from bastion this is uh 
So basically, it's a visual novel cross with sports. Uh, in short, <laughs> um, you are one of a, a triumph begins as a triumvirate, then gradually expands of people uh, who are trying to escape a sort of purgatory-like environment, uh, an extremely colorful, beautifully rendered purgatory. Uh, and the way you have to do it is to succeed in these eight what they're called rites. But the rights are basically a, a sort of sport where each team has a goal and you're trying to take a celestial orb and jam it into the opposing team's goal until you douse their pyre, their flame. Um, and that's the basics, but there's a lot more layered onto that. You can throw the ball, and the further you throw it, the more points you get. You can uh, basically dunk, which is jump at a, a at a length and slam it in. Bigger, slower players tend to... Uh, douse the flame more so there's kind of a risk reward there uh, and a lot of the players who are characters that you meet in the world and recruit onto your squad have different abilities there's a little imp that can uh, fly around and it's harder to hit and that kind of thing um, but the that the gameplay for that is is very enjoyable um, and and neat and interesting and multi-layered the unusual thing about it is that it is kind of a rarity in the um, game itself. The vast majority of the time you're traveling from like in between the rights and you are uh, talking to the people on your crew. There's these completely optional conversations and almost every time your your little wagon stops that you can go inside the wagon and talk to somebody and um, your choices with them sometimes have a gameplay impact uh sometimes you've got a branching path and different characters want you to go different ways and you get rewards based on which ones you choose sometimes just the conversations themselves can uh make the players faster in the next game or make them um uh play better uh in different ways um which is interesting it's it's an interesting way of like layering it on and and even when you are in the rights themselves if you lose the game doesn't stop it just sort of continues the story on from that point um and the characters are all really sharply written and and interesting and you kind of like it they they ingratiate ingratiate themselves to you really quickly um there's another really smart thing that it does uh that i want every sort of visual novel from now to the end of time to do where uh key terms things that would be in a glossary you can highlight and explains to you what they are um, so like you don't have to keep track of all the mythology. You can just kind of highlight it and see like, oh, right. That was that guy who did that thing. I remember. Now. Some, can I address there, that there's some, in particular? There's some VNs that do that. It's, 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 it's very, very cool, but this was not the, that's like a, I, a not I also want to, I also want to address that in particular. Cause I, I didn't play a ton. I played about an hour. So, um, it, here's the thing. I'm, I'm a big super giant fan. I loved Bastion. Uh, I didn't love Transistor as much, but I liked it. But in both of those cases, uh, I thought they used story uh, very carefully in the sense of, like, these are obviously very weird worlds that you're being introduced to with, like, a lot of backstory and a lot of, like, history. But they're smart insofar as they they very slowly introduce you to the, the, the world you're in, to the characters you're in, etc. And by the end, you feel like you have a pretty good handle on these worlds. But, like, at for the first hour or so, you're, like, completely lost. And in this game, they, like, start right from the jump with, like, a lot of talking and a lot of, like, highlighting things to figure out what they are. 
And if I'm honest, it kind of feels a little bit like lazy writing to rely on footnotes to explain like what this town is called rather than sort of doing that in the writing itself, if that makes sense. I'd rather make that optional, like rather than make you have to reread. And it doesn't give you more than is in the story. The things in there are communicated to you elsewhere. It's just to be able to remind, like, for example, there's a character called Sandalwood who is some sort of informant for your group. And before you, like, learn more about Sandalwood early on, when you highlight its name, it, it, it basically says it's some sort of informant for them. You don't know more than that. So, like, you're only getting information. I felt like early on I was getting additional information from those tooltips about towns and stuff like uh, that. Maybe. I mean, may, that may be the case. I would say, broadly speaking, though, it's pretty good about, about uh, like, the deep lore stuff that you would already know um, that you're, that, you know, I, I appreciated being able to, like, dig, because, like, I don't always care. Like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Right. The goobly woods. Yeah, I'll totally, I'll just go there and get the thing I need to get, right? Um, I do kind of wish there was more of the game part of the game. Um, I'm not. The game part was fun. Game, I liked it yeah, a lot. Yeah, the game part's really fun. And I, and I wanted to like experiment more with the, the, the different characters and, and get to play with each of them more, but it's actually kind of so rare. Uh, and, and you have to end up benching people, um, which is interesting because sometimes you'll have conversations after the match, like, why did you bench me? Because if you play in the rights, it helps you to, uh, you're earning, like, a, forget what it's called, but it's basically like experience that, that you need to leave this, uh, the, the purgatory that you find yourself in. So people are, like, upset if you don't play them, um, which, is, which is cool. I just wish there was more of that stuff. Um, the it kind of feels like this would be the third game in, like, a series where you're, like, building a world. And the first game would be, like, a very narrow, like, one or two or three character game. And then by the third game, they're doing, like, oh, this is an interesting spinoff telling this side tale about these people and this weird game that they play. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It just it feels feel like, like they bit off a lot it's, it's, for this first game. It's way better than Blitzball, but it feels like the Blitzball of a larger, like... Because that, that's the other thing, is, like, the world is really cool and the character's really cool, and I wanted to... I wish I, there was more to interact with them. Um, and, it's also fucking gorgeous. Oh, God, like, it looks so good. Like, it reminds me... It's, like, Don Bluthy to a certain extent. Um, and what was the name of that PC RPG that came out, like... You know what I'm talking about? The Pillars. It was, like, hand draw. What was it called? Pillars Saga? Oh, Banner Saga. Banner Saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Banner Saga, yeah. So it kind of looks like that, but like even more polished and just like gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, so like they clearly know presentation really, really well. And I was just kind of bummed that like it wasn't a more, for me at least, it wasn't a more engaging experience to like draw me into the world, the interactivity parts hmm. of it. Yeah, I think that that's completely legit. I I do think there are issues with like sort of springing a visual novel on somebody rather than sort of like, which is definitely the situation I found myself in, you know, like I knew the, about the sort of sports angle of it, but I didn't know how much of it was th that and how much of it was like just story. And I think that like, you're not everybody's in the mood for that. And I think that there's definitely a possibility that you could end up feeling like, yeah, you know, I'd kind of like, like to be playing a video game right now rather than, than reading. Um, Cause I, I can get down with that sometimes, but it's not always, uh, what I want, but the the mechanics are really cool. Um, I think it's very neat that a studio that is the size of Supergiant, which so many of those studios are really living sort of game to game. I think it's really 
admirable that they continue to sort of evolve so much, you know, but in, yeah. in between each of the games, like they haven't like gone back to the Bastion well, which I think a lot of people would be happy uh, if they did. And they, they've continued. They made an astounding amount of money off Bastion and that's basically like supported all their creativity. So it's kind of like Castle Crashers in that way mm. where Castle Crashers made a ton of money and then Damn, I'd uh, love a new fucking Castle Crashers though. I know, yeah. but they're going to do other stuff oh, instead. But why they, not do a new Castle Crashers? I, I really know, like I that one. Um, <laughs> but it's it's cool. It, it's it. It is not exactly what I kind of hoped it would be, like because mechanically, I I really thought Bastion, especially, but also Transistor to a lesser extent, was like so like fun and so mechanical in in to, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I I I'm kind of missing that, but um, it's cool. This um, was an interesting month. Yeah, it sure was, um, wasn't it? I don't I don't. It's just like a lot of like kind of flawed things. Not bad games, certainly, but like nothing that was like an obvious winner. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. Oh, can ahead. we give it to the split? Can we give it to the Destiny Two beta? Because I think that's what oh, I probably no. had the most fun playing. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I think mine was Splatoon Two. But if I'm being completely honest, there wasn't like a bunch of competition. Yeah, I, I yeah. I think there were a bunch I mean, of like small things. I think I don't know. It, it's it's dry, been such a like, good, typical, like wildly good year. It's not that there were, like, July wasn't even slow this year. It was just, it, it was everybody who was uh, wise to not put their weird smaller game up against some massive release pushed them out into the world in July. And that's what we had. I, we had such a, a collection of runner-ups, right? Like, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just a weird... A weird month for weird games. I like that. That's yep. that's a nice way yeah, to like. Yeah, for sure. Nothing split, wrong with that. Split the year. Uh, what's up in August? Let's take a look. Somebody dropped a list. Wait, in the, oh man. We just, wait, August we gotta pick an actual game. winner. It's like the oh whole yeah. Show. I, I mean, for me, it's Splatoon two. I think. Yeah. Point. It's Splatoon two. I think Justin. that's fair. I like for what it is. Like I like it a lot more than I should. Uh, you know, I, I like Splatoon. Uh, to a lot more than I typically like games of that sort. So yeah, I think that that's completely I, fair. I think when Splatoon hits its heights, the heights are higher than any of the other games in this list. Uh, and that's uh, fine. August looks like this list. This list has fucking Ark Survival Evolved on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. <laughs> I think how, Plant how? just copied and pasted it. How is that it? possible? Um, uh, Agents of Mayhem that, Juice. I know you're fucking psyched out of your mind for that one. Um, yeah, not what I, <laughs> I almost Mania. want to do it so I can. Sonic Mania is a big deal. Yeah, sure. There's um, a oh the Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy. Rabbit. That'll be oh fucking exciting. Absolver. Shit. Yeah. Oh, the next episode's oh. got to be late because all this shit's coming out August 29th. I gotta give oh, me that shit. Absolver. Got to play Absolver. That game is so hot. Uh, everybody's golf. I'm excited for that one. The Mario. Why is it called Everybody's Golf now? I'm not hot shot. I don't know. Uh, Mario and Rabbids not Kingdom Battle was pretty fun. When I played it Super psyched. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff next month. It, it is a very good month. Uh, and then obviously the rest of the year will be very packed as so, well. Yeah, so Screaming Nightmare. To revisit our sort of our sort of overarching strategy, the game the of the first quarter of the strategy, year yeah. is Legend of Zelda uh, 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 Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. The second quarter game is PUBG, correct? I'm That's pretty what we sure. Yeah, I guess we're in Q3 now, huh? Yeah, this is Q3. Are so we? The current, oh, Splatoon yeah. Splatoon 2 is the current leader. Um, yeah, you in oh, trouble, man. Splatoon 2. How good? Hey, Nintendo Switch, how good are you? 
Like, hey, a, Switch, how good are you, though? What a, can you guys I was, like, Nick, really Nick, sketchy Nick, about this this whole thing when it yeah. launched, but, like, hachi machi, man. What, like, it, it, it's, it, it's gone it's to must-own so Nick fast. Sorry, you dropped out there for me. Uh, it is It has become a must-own console, like, so much faster than I would have imagined. Like, it is, and for it's, me, it's already exceeded the Wii U, I think, pretty handily which is well wild. a lot of that is indie stuff too yeah people gave me a lot of shit for saying that but like indie stuff su supports the first year of a console way better because it takes a while for the AAA stuff to come around so it fills in the blanks and you have shit like overcooked and you have shit like sonic mania and yeah. i don't know if sonic mania is indie but no certainly uh or like cave story or what have you like there's a bunch of shit on that platform and i love fucking playing it it's it's so fun it's everything i wanted nick pointed it's, nick it, nick pointed this out on twitter and blew my fucking mind when we have game of the year discussions this year we will be measuring breath of the wild against super mario odyssey in the yeah, that's same gonna be year fucking brutal yeah it's, fu <laughs> it's fucking wild i can't yeah, it's, I, it's, it's it's such a good start it really is. I'm very excited. They, they, Nintendo should do that more and just have a burner console in between the good ones. <laughs> so they <laughs> yeah. can like, hey, we've already got some good games and it'll be tried. Let's, let's get up on it. Fucking brilliant. Uh, so that is going to do it for us. Congratulations to Splatoon 2. Uh, you can find reviews for most of these games on Polygon.com, I think. Maybe not, certainly not me, uh, Metopia, but maybe some of the others. No, we got a review up today. Uh, got, Allegra wrote the review. She liked yeah, it too, right? She was yeah, excited to get to play a good game she for did. once. Um, and uh, <laughs> usually she gets the stinkers. Um, and uh, oh, August is also Night Trap, so fuck y'all, mm. it's gonna be pretty good. Um, and uh, that's gonna do it for us. So, until next month, for uh, the other Jokers, uh, my name is Just McElroy. We will rejoin you in August for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Let's see.